CEEP would like to start this episode by acknowledging Australia's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities and their rich culture, and pay respect to their elders past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening today. Seek recorded this episode from Wurundjeri Woi Wurrung Country. Australia's public sector, like many industries, has experienced rapid change in the last two years. These significant and ongoing changes have also prompted a shift of working preferences and employee expectations. Employees really have high expectations, and rightly so, around initiatives within the workplace to support their health and wellbeing. So what do workers in the public sector now expect from their employees? And how can leaders ensure they're meeting these expectations? We spoke with Annie Reeves, Executive Director of People and Culture for the Department of Jobs, Precincts and Regions. Annie offers her advice on how public sector leaders can create a culture which aligns with the renewed priorities of Australia's workforce. Welcome, Annie. Thanks very much for having me, Hamish. It's great to be here. We've seen a significant impact on the public sector when we look at things like recruiting, engaging and retaining staff. And we've also seen a shift in the balance of power from employees to employees and a, you know, a bit of a recalibration of what's important to them in a post-pandemic world. So I'll start, what would you say are the current priorities and expectations of employees in the public sector? And the second part to my question, how has this changed since before the pandemic? I think Hamish, you've opened up with the biggest question of all. I think uh, if I had a, um, if I had the golden answer, I'd be, you know, <laughs> we we may not be talking today. Um, there's probably about three points I'd want to make in relation to that. The pandemic has brought into sharp focus the expectation of organisations to create a more uh, life experience mm. career at yep. work. The first point I probably wanted to make is there's been a real shift into that hybrid, that flexible working. You know, we had to really move on that overnight since yeah. the pandemic. I know it's been there's been a groundswell for the Victorian government to really uh, embrace flexible work practices, yeah. but overnight with the pandemic, it came down with a fairly blunt edge, which is hard to manage on on one level. But we had it and we had to deal with it. And I think putting thousands of employees uh, to remote working forced us to look at our yeah. flexible work and how it how we needed to bring it alive. Yeah. I think is probably the best point. Second point I'd probably like to make is that employees really have high expectations and rightly so around initiatives within the workplace to support their health and wellbeing, you know, such as mindfulness sessions, mm-hmm. making sure that they have got good support structures around them, good team leads, so good capability of managers. Certainly, if I think about the last two years and when we first went into remote working, how hard that was for managers to check in on employees. The Victorian government came into really sharp focus and the employees, the public sector really came into sharp focus during this pandemic and having to manage program and deliverables uh, for the Victorian communities who were were helping, you know, as part of the response to the COVID-19, you know, and then managing your team and taking the time out to manage your team effectively, I think has been a really tough boat to be in. So to create a culture or ways of working that align with these renewed employee priorities and expectations, how do you anticipate public sector organisations will need to adapt? What we've generally done is look for data sources in our employee surveys. You know, we ask our employees about what they're looking for as a career. But not only that, what are they looking for as an, in an organisation? We look for the data sources. And what we then end up doing is looking at those data sources and then putting in plans in place that reflect what our employees are looking for. I think if we don't uh, and we ignore 
you know, what the data says, it's at our peril and we will lose good people. There's also a real need to create a resilient organisation. And when you're constantly adapting and changing, resilience sometimes wanes in that process. So we really need to make sure that we've got a lot of scaffolding around our employees to make sure from a cultural perspective that their pastoral care is also cared for. Mm. And I think it's if we don't do that, people just end up working and then deciding to leave. Yeah. You've led me beautifully into, into the data point because, you know, if I could talk about SEEK research, shows that the top four priorities of employees, employees rather, in the public sector are salary, work-life balance, career development and culture. But I want to ask you, some of these expectations, things like salary and location of working, they're somewhat restricted in the public sector in, by terms of way of regulations. So how do you think leaders in the public sector can best position themselves to overcome that particular challenge? Doesn't Daniel Pink talk about the fact that, you know, you've got to pay well to get it off the table for the conversation? (laughs) Um, That connection to public service and um, supporting Victorian communities is key for us. I think it's also your managers have got to be well-trained. You've got to have career pathways. You've got to have a really robust employee value proposition. Mm -hmm. It's got to be clear and articulated throughout the organisation. And I think if we don't have all of those factors humming you end up uh, running the risk of the employees not really knowing what they're doing, not, no sense of connected to higher purpose. People need that to understand where they're going. They want to evolve and you want the organisation to evolve with them. If you don't have that suite of offerings, then you lose good people. You mentioned a couple of times around your, your EVP. And I'm interested to ask you, you know, where do leaders in the public sector need to focus when it comes to promoting the value proposition and, and positioning themselves as an employer of choice? Because yep. the competition for talent's really fierce at the moment. It's played out in the pandemic. You yeah. know, there's skills shortages. We, um, you know, we're losing people to the corporate sector based on, you know, money, talent. You know, there's a range of things we've lost talent to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, the challenge about retaining good, skilled, highly skilled is keeping everyone engaged. Now, you can't be all things to all people and the public service is not for everyone. We understand that. But really being clear about what we are offering and making our leaders proud of the work that we're doing and how they link it from the work that one team member in corporate services, let's just use that as an example, Mm. how are they supporting? How does that link to that support in either regional Victoria or into Melbourne? That articulation often gets lost around what your contribution is to that greater sense of purpose. And in the day-to-day operational, you know, work that everyone does, you don't spend time talking about that. I think we need to spend a bit more time doing that. It feels like it's a great time to be really focusing on that with all the support that the the state government are giving, you know, throughout the pandemic. It feels like, to me, the Victorian government will never be more visible. Yeah. Um, And and not just the daily press conferences, but out in community. Um, So that would be... Um, really appealing to, to a lot of people, I would It certainly was appealing to me. You know, yeah. I joined the public service a couple of years ago and it was an actual step for me from an industry perspective. It was a great step for me. And I think the pandemic has sort of opened the doors a little bit into being a bit more transparent about what we yeah. are doing and what how we are supporting Victorian communities. And yeah. that's been really helpful, certainly from a people and culture perspective. Perhaps a stereotype that tenure is really long in state government roles. Is, is that is that a fact? Yes, it is, yeah, I think, yeah, yes. Um, yeah. And certainly because there are great career opportunities yeah. and I think people stay and, and look and they move um, and they can move within uh, departments so they can actually cross-skill um, yeah. and look for other opportunities within the Victorian public sector. I think it's a really great opportunity for career development. Yeah. 
Have you, um, if, if we just touch on your EVP again before we move on and talk a bit about, a bit about technology mm-hmm. and hybrid working, but have you undergone a major piece of work around EVP or are you constantly sort of evaluating it? Where are you at with your EVP, if you like? So we have a, the best way to put it is a silent EVP, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense that it hasn't been branded or, you know, articulated, but certainly um, the PNC team use that as part of the manager capability uplift and they use it in recruitment. What we're actually about to embark on is um, the process of really articulating and branding up the EVP uh, for DJPR in particular. I'm really looking forward to that yeah. piece of work. We've been diverted, obviously, with the pandemic and um, yeah. uh, from a PNC perspective, uh, but now it's our time to really turn to that. And I think if we don't start putting our mind to uh, more horizon settings, then we won't be able to sort of combat in that war for talent that's going to be you know, I think it is upon us. It's well and truly upon us, yeah, a huge yes, piece yes. of work. Let's let's talk about culture and technology and, and look, looking at a hybrid model of working does and has had an impact on culture. As we were talking, there's less connection between people and, of course, within teams. You know, in fact, many employees will have started new jobs working remotely, onboarding remotely, which is, um, you know, an incredible thing to sit back and think about, really. Yeah. Um, what initiatives, though, would you suggest organisations in the public sector implement to positively impact culture when organisations are working within a hybrid model? You know, for me, I think technology is a great enabler. And the fact that we can onboard people via technology, it's a seamless process. Yes, the people uh, piece is missing and we understand that, but to actually hold, you know, meetings with multiple people, you don't have to, you know, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And certainly in my experience, and, you know, I feel like I'm as old as Methuselah in the sense that, you know, my PNC uh, career started when it was personnel. So, um, seeing that and that creation and that enabler of technology, I think is fantastic. The unfortunate thing about technology is that sometimes it takes place of that human connection and that Mm. human-centred design. And I think what we're looking at is more of a human-centred design piece of work and using technology as a platform to leverage that and make sure that the person is actually at the heart of what we do Mm. uh, and that human connection because Mm. the one thing that I have really missed in this pandemic world whilst the technology is fantastic you know speak to anyone in the world it's it's fantastic Mm. it does create a culture of task orientation and task delegation do this for me it misses that human connection that you would have and that pastoral care piece that you would normally have and I think that's the balance. It's a hard balance to maintain. And I think certainly in this pandemic piece in the last 18 months, I think people have really missed that human connection. What other types of data sources, you know, outside of your surveys and your regular mm. touch points, um, have you also taken advantage of and, and gained really valuable insights? And that also makes it a really valuable piece of, I think, advice for other people as well. Destroying from my personal experience, Hamish, um, sort of holding skip meetings with layers of uh, different cohorts of employees is really important just to ask the question, what's going on? What's, you know, mm. keeping you up at night? What are you working on? It seems really basic. It's sort of not a technical term. It's just really just asking the question, how are you going? And we encourage all our team managers and, you know, leaders to ask those questions. I know for DJPR, we also hold live streams, which I have opportunities to ask questions for Simon and the leadership uh, within DJPR. You know, that's really well received. 
So, keeping it local, asking local questions, and, you know, this wouldn't be a surprise to anyone. There's some of those questions that you ask. The answers are obvious, will all resonate throughout the department. So, what we try and do is gather up that information and look to shape, reshape or realign any programs that we have based on some informal data or, you know, that conversational data. I know it's not a, a true technical HR Mm-hmm. piece, but it's something worth listening to. And if you don't listen to your employees on from all levels or all facets, yeah, you end up yeah. doing something that's not going to land. It's actually a question slightly off topic, but there are people, however, that are probably relished in some of the more introverted people. And it's interesting where they fit into that conversation, isn't it? Because I had once said to me, you know, there are some introverts that have probably been training for this their whole life. Um, Is that part of your thinking as well, the different makeup? Well, I think that's part of hybrid working, right? You really want to uh, suit everyone. Some people actually aren't up for that constant connection. And I'm not talking about an online connection. I mean, just that constant connection with people. And it's okay. It's okay to be like that. It's okay, you know, if you want the connection. I think it's a question of making sure that you have enough technology to be adaptive and for the manager to pull out of his toolkit to accommodate that. You know, I think with the hybrid working model that we're adopting, that allows for people to have that downtime or away from the office and that constant connection and do their work. So I think that's, I agree, it's going to be a good medium for everyone. Look, given everything that we've talked about today, you know, I'd love to close this episode with some tips and ideas. So what advice would you give to leaders in the public sector when it comes to understanding and aligning with their employees' expectations? Talk to them. Yeah. Have the conversation. It's not rocket science. And I'm not trying to um, simplify it or dumb it down. I think for me, I'm a people person. You know, I like the connection. If you can understand what your team are looking for and really accommodate people, their career development, be supportive, have the conversation. That's all you need to start with. Well, thanks for joining us for this remote episode. For more ideas and discussions on the world of work and all things recruitment and HR, Stay tuned for upcoming episodes of Seek Talent Talks.